Welcome back, y'all, to the 19th podcast. This is the Zachary Wingay podcast where we discuss all things. Nothing is off the table. This podcast goes for 365 days embarking on a journey of what is possible. The intention of this is to connect, develop, and build content that people love. I am in a transitional stage right now for content, so even though it's episode 19, it feels like maybe it's been much longer. But so far, it's been a beautiful journey. I've enjoyed creating this content, and I love where the show is taking me thus far. So today, I wanted to do a little story time. So sometimes I find myself like trying to think of content or old stories or things I can exchange just to kind of have some entertainment value. So today I'm going back into the Zachary Wingate Museum to about, oh, 2010, just to paint a picture for where I was in my mind at this time. Graduated from college, um, not really sure what to do with my life, working as a busboy in a restaurant, um, really trying to put the pieces together for my career. Obviously, it's been a journey, but... At this point in time, I was um, really close, I'm still close, with my cousin, David Paul. Now, yes, he has two, we call him David Paul, he has two first names, his name is, you know, that's what we call him. So, for this sense, uh, David Paul and I had been hiking and backpacking a lot through different as- different places in the country, Colorado, etc. Now, for this trip in particular, we were planning to go to the Grand Canyon. relatively green to backpacking and my other cousin Adam was joining us um and this is a long drive so just to put it in context you know we're driving from Arkansas all the way to the Grand Canyon in Arizona which in itself is 16 hours so you know getting ready for it in itself is a whole thing and and it was going to be a week-long backpacking trip so going into the wilderness doing doing the backpacking thing so this is how naive we are, okay? So I'm going to fast forward through all of the driving to get to the point of getting to the Grand Canyon. Now, when you get to the Grand Canyon, each park is different. And if you are going to do any backpacking, I strongly suggest you do your research on what the policies and regulations could be for the place. Because it happened in Glacier, and I go into Glacier in a different episode, but for this, I'm going to talk about the Grand Canyon. So we show up to the Grand Canyon wanting to hike and we are just under the intention you can show up and hike well that's not the case when you show up to the Grand Canyon it's really important to get the proper paperwork and you have to get a hiking pass and these are pretty hard to get you know and essentially what happened okay you know I said essentially so for all you listeners who know I say essentially a lot it's my transition word I'm working on it but getting back into the story We show up to the office, and in the office, I will never forget this man's name. His name was Matthew Slater, okay? The name in itself rang out in my soul, and there's a reason why. So we go and we speak with Matthew about getting, hey, we want to hike, and he looks at us and he says, well, the park is currently booked out, so just give me a second. So he's looking through his 
computer trying to find it. Mind you, we just drove 16 hours, so we were kind of just a little bit surprised. You know, we camped there that night, we woke up the next day, and we were ready to go. So along these lines, um, Matthew kind of let us know, hey, you know, you can hike, but we're going to give you this other trail in reverse. You look like experienced hikers. And we were like, yeah, we're experienced hikers. And Matthew went on to tell us to make sure to keep our pot safe. And all the other rangers laughed when, when Matthew Slater said this. Because, you know, if I were to put, if I were to describe what Matthew looked like, blonde hair, long ponytail, kind of like a California surfer guy where he's like, yeah, you're going to try this hiking trail. You know, kind of having that tone of voice. And at the time, you know, we were like, okay, we'll do it backwards. How difficult can it be? Well, he also let us know that there was like a porta potty, and this all gets tied into the story, that there was a porta potty with a cone, and from people using it when they their last day, you would need to knock the cone down. Well, we just kind of laughed, and we just, you know, we, we kind of got our stuff ready, and we were excited to get hiking. So, you know, we went on our way. So whenever you hike the Grand Canyon, it's a little bit different, or anything I've experienced, because I'm so used to hiking up into mountains and not hiking down. And when you hike down, it's um it's a different kind of experience because um you know, your knees feel different because obviously you're not going up and sometimes if you don't take the if you're not doing the proper workouts, going down can actually be much harder for you than going up, which was surprising. Um but in embarking in this journey, um you know, I did some back end research just to kind of give some context of how dangerous the Grand Canyon is, roughly, you know, 900 people die there a year is what one source said, but it said the majority of people who die in the Grand Canyon are a result of plane accidents and helicopter accidents. And maybe only 15 or 20 actually get lost or die. I was like, okay, that is such a strange stat. I might have read it wrong, but I was really surprised. I was like, how does that many plane crashes happen in the Grand Canyon? Um, but getting to the story, so we embark on our trip the first day, and the first day is always kind of just, you're trying to get the the pace, the rhythm, and understanding kind of where you are physically, because you might train, but then you might not be. And I hike with my cousin a lot during this time, and he kind of developed a nickname for me, and it was 10 Mile Two Shits, because every 10 miles I'd have to take two shits, and I couldn't do anything about it. But it was just kind of like whenever you're going to the bathroom in the Grand Canyon, you have to like pack in, pack out, or bury it very, very deep. So this was always a point of pretty, um, they always thought it was really funny. Because obviously in my family, my cousins just, they love to laugh at me. It's been that way my whole life. And um, beginning into kind of the aspect of the stories, we were hiking for about day two. And what's interesting about the Grand Canyon is you follow these rock cairns, which are stacks of rocks that illuminate a path. So if you can imagine, following packs, following stacks of rocks can be really tricky in the Grand Canyon because it's made up of rocks. And and the geology of the Grand Canyon is constantly changing. Like one side could have red rock, one side could have, you know, dark different sedimentary within it, more of a, like a lustrous type kind of rock and soil, you know, so each part of it, it looks like condensed layers. So you know, back in the day, I mean, the Grand Canyon is a representation of the Colorado or the Arkansas River. I think it's the Colorado River going through it. And it wears down within the sedimentary. Obviously, 
with the geology, pressure, time, water, all these things can create to it. But the Grand Canyon has a very lustrous, unique look to it, and it changes. So following these tracks, remember, we're hiking, and um, we're hiking, and we're hiking, and it's probably the afternoon of the second day. And we're getting through the point. We have our map. We're reading the topo. We're doing everything we need to be doing as hikers. Well, we find ourselves in a ravine, okay? And the ravine was really confusing because we got in there and we started hiking around and we realized that there was no trail. Now, it's really important that I preface this, this with your mindset is everything, you know? I've never been in an environment where I've been lost, but this is the closest I've been while hiking and maintaining calm is really important for your sanity and also for problem solving. So whenever you can maintain your nervous system, that's what's going to come through. I think whenever people get in shock or stunned, that's when they have a hard time knowing what to do because they're they're not there. So we get into the Grand Canyon and there are no trails out of this canyon. So in the canyon, in the canyon. And we're starting to look at each other because we climbed up this rock wall that looked like it had a rock cairns, but it didn't. And it went nowhere. So we had no trail. And we're looking at the map and we probably sat in this canyon for about two to three hours trying different things, you know. And we didn't want to walk back and it wasn't making any sense. So we we kind of went through these process and we kind of went through over here, went through here. Mind you, we're carrying our backpack, our gear, everything, and we can't find a way out. And it kind of had that realization because going back would be really tough. Um, so it was kind of, it was a moment where you had to identify what needed to be done. And I had the idea to climb up this mountain and get a bird's eye view of the trail. So I climb up there after being lost in this ravine for about two to three hours. And we climb up there and it's a rock just, it's a mountain just filled with like this shale and loose rock and it's moving and you're just trying to get footing. And to paint the picture, it was just, it was a tough climb because it's not a climb that people normally do. Well, we get to the top and by, thank God, we've actually saw the trail the trail was going back in through the mountains and we had to really figure it out and kind of reverse engineer the trail trail to determine where to go. So coming down, we were really excited. We found the trail. Well, we walked through this point where you would think there'd be a waterfall and that waterfall was actually the trail. It was like a video game where you finally like unlock a level and you're like, oh my gosh, it kind of reminded me of like Assassin's Creed or Splinter Cell. Those are old school games where you're trying to just put the puzzle together to understand where to go. And we were like, how did we miss this? And as we were doing it, it dawned on us that Matthew Slater, this is why I never forget this dude's name, is he gave the trail to us backwards. Okay. And as a result of it, our map didn't read the way it would normally read. So we had to go through this trail. We had to climb down about 15 feet with our packs on and get to the trail. And at that point, it put us two days behind. Now, this trip was filled with little nuggets of learning, as I like to call them. As it relates to the water, we had a pump that we would pump out the water every night. 
However, we didn't realize, and these are the little things about doing research when you go backpacking, where sometimes you just throw yourself in the middle of it and say, we'll figure it out. We had a pump, and the pump didn't allow for sedimentary to be processed through. You could upgrade upgrade them by the upgraded model, but we never needed to use it thus far because we didn't realize that there's certain times in the year where the Colorado River is generating electricity and it creates more sedimentary. So mind you, this pumping process is only supposed to take about 15 to 20 minutes, and we were finding ourselves taking two hours after hiking to get the water. So you can imagine you just pump very slow because if you broke it and you didn't have any water and you were in the Grand Canyon, you know, what are you going to do? So as a result of this, um, you know, we were able to like kind of adjust and figure out what we needed to do, but it really took some time and effort. So the trip through kind of allowed us to it. And after we, you know, it's like, it's so weird how whenever you are in the woods and you're in nature, how quickly you just go back to a simpler state and finding ourselves through these woods and finding the ability to know where to go really created this very simple kind of thing for us to be excited about as we went to sleep. Um, you know, and essentially we'd push on through and get out. Now, another one of Matt Slater's nuggets of information that we listened to was we only had one car. And when you go backpacking, you need to figure out how to get back to the original place. Because sometimes you need two cars or sometimes you hike a loop and we were hiking a straight line. This is literally what Mr. Matt Slater said to me. There's a lot of Europeans that drive around the park. So all you have to do is just hitchhike. So we were like, okay. So mind you, fast forward through this story. Last day. And last day um, was a pretty hard one because you're hiking out of it. And you're going up, I think, 1,000 feet every mile. And there was seven miles. So we went up 7,000 feet, which... In itself is is I mean that's that's some serious hiking. Um and luckily there are switchbacks and a good trail, but sometimes when you start hiking and backpacking, you kind of get in this flow state where if your body was hurting before it no longer is and you're and you're just really, really focused and I enjoy it more than anything. Um and my cousins at the time, one of them was six foot five with a mohawk. And the other one was about my and their brothers, and David Paul's about five six with a big beard and looking very like unhospitable (laughs) so I was like all right I guess I look the most normal so I'm gonna go ahead and go through the hitchhiking process and get a car little did I know what to expect out of this okay so here's what happened I get up and I start backpacking after doing this large climb with my stuff on I start getting on the road after climbing out of the Grand Canyon and going back to the car. Well, I was hitchhiking and hitchhiking and hitchhiking, and some gentleman actually from Europe stopped and picked me up. I couldn't believe it. He was a German, and he picked me up, and what happened was, you know, he started talking to me. He got really upset trying to find the glass bridge, and he wanted me to actually look at the map and find it. And as I was looking at this map and looking through it and trying to find it, 
I actually went past the actual car and I had to get out and tell the guy, hey, I actually need to go back. And he didn't want to take me back. Well, as I got out of the car, then I ended up in another random situation where this family was trying to take pictures with baby moose or meese, whatever you call it. And they were sitting right there. And I was like, you realize that that moose is going to charge you. And it was just like the ignorance of thinking that that animal was not a wild beast. It just blew my mind because Anytime I see any moose in the wilderness, I'm terrified. And if I see them with calves, then I'm like, okay, like they're they're willing to anyways, it's just I don't know what was going on with it. Um but then like I'm hiking on this road and it's so ominous because I've I've climbed out of the Grand Canyon, I found a hitchhiker, but then I failed and now I'm back walking on the road and I just took this whole thing where I was like, Man, what is it gonna take for me to get there? So I'm hiking and I'm hiking and I look up and I see this sign and it's like a black Jaguar sign, like warning people of them. And I was like, I just cannot believe the day I'm having, but long, but then two hippies in a Toyota Camry showed up, picked me up. Okay. Picked me up and they're doing trail building and they're really, really nice people. And they drove me to my car and uh, dropped me up and I picked them up. And during that time, my cousins just started walking and they were only a mile away from the car. So the whole situation was really one of just like perseverance pays off. And that's kind of what I'm getting through to this episode is even when you have everything stacked against you and you feel like you just can't move the needle, you just have to keep going and grinding away. And constantly being mindful of that. Um, That's kind of my episode for today. Um, Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to episode 19 of the Zachary Wingate podcast. Tomorrow we may get into some uncharted waters as we go into some conspiracy theories this morning my wife whispered in my ear Donald Trump is a time traveler so tomorrow we will tackle the conspiracy theory of Donald Trump being a time traveler so please we look forward to your listening tomorrow and have a good evening